Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. Like Jeff, I'm also a certified financial planner professional. This show is all about helping you discover what matters most and helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with your goals. We combine excellence and wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area. Jeff, as always, it's great to reconnect with you today and continue our discussion around money and meaning. I hope everything is going great for you, your family, and the whole Tandem Growth team. It is, Mike. Thank, thanks again for um, for partnering with me in this uh, in this project and uh, looking really forward to today's conversation. That's right. Well, uh, I... Uh, I, it's been busy around our office for sure, and I can tell you that because it's it's tax time, and so <laughs> it's extremely busy for for us. Um, but also, we've been experiencing lots of growth uh, and been very blessed in that uh, respect for our firm. Any updates that you'd like to share with the Grant Tandem Growth team? Well, you know, like like we talked last month, um, you know, as we turn the calendar, you know, it's it's a it, it was, it's a time that people traditionally reassess where they are and where they'd like to go. And, and, you know, for us in the firm, it's really about just getting a little bit better every day. And as we are focused on how we continue to improve and serve our clients better and helping us fulfill the mission of helping people create clarity and confidence for a, for a great life. That's, that's a big mission. And this show is certainly <laughs> evidence of that, Jeff. So one of the things I like best about our collaboration is that we can be real and, and, and vulnerable about um, visions and challenges and I, I know this show is an opportunity for you to speak to an audience that resonates with you. You know, it, it really it really is. And as I mentioned, when we started these shows back in 2018, you know, I wanted to speak to individuals who wanted to use their resources to create capacity to, you know, to go as uh, Bob Buford um, uh, at halftime used to say, from success to significance. And so we speak a lot of that. We, we speak a lot about how to combine high quality wealth management with the pursuit of meaning. Yeah, and that's a great segue. That's really a great setup for our guests today. So why don't uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about them and, and where you're taking the conversation today? Yeah, I'm really excited about today's conversation. Um, we have a couple guests on today, both from the National Christian Foundation. The first one is Boyd Bailey, and he wears a lot of a lot of hats. Um, Currently, he's the president of the Georgia Division of the National Christian Foundation. Uh, prior to that, he ran Ministry Ventures, which is a really cool faith-based um, consulting firm for nonprofits, um, and uh, has a huge has had a huge impact on nonprofits um, around around the around the country. Um, serves on numerous boards. He's written several books. A couple of really great devotion books. He has a email blast called Wisdom Hunters that is just a really, really quality 
resource that people may want to check about. We can we can talk about later. Uh, Rachel Watson is um, is the gift planning attorney at the National Christian Foundation. So she assists individuals and families around the country in helping them create their generosity and to use the tax code to leverage their gifts. Um, Rachel worked as a certified financial planner in a previous life, so she was in our world at uh, Ron Blue and Company. Uh, and Wells Fargo had her own law firm, but she's just got a wealth of knowledge in terms of how donor advised funds work and the tax strategies and some of these things. So we're delighted to have to have uh, have both of them on. So welcome, Boyd and Rachel. Well, thank you, Jeff, and thanks for your intentionality to help these families. Yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for for investing a little bit of your time and in, in uh, contributing to our audience here. So, I, as I may have mentioned to, to Mike earlier, I met Boyd uh, Boyd many years ago at um, the Solely Business Retreat, um, which is a, um, a a retreat for business men in particular, this particular group. Uh, and he just blew me away with his ability to communicate and share wisdom and. Uh, started uh, uh, reading his his, uh, devotions. But before we start, Boyd, um, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and how you found yourself at the National Christian Foundation? Sure. Um, You know, I'm so grateful that there's been people in my life like yourself, Jeff, that have been good examples for me. I know in college, uh, the girl I was dating, who's my wife now, their family love the Lord and that was their evangelism. They loved they loved each other so well and they loved me well. Their mom was a great cook and so I did not grow up in church. And so being able to see people that live out the message of Jesus um has really been life transforming for me. And I feel like most of us have enough knowledge of, of the things we need to do. We need more application. I know I do. And so uh over the years I tried to look at the scriptures, not just academically and for inspiration, though all that's important, I think, but really ask the Holy Spirit to take God's word. And what is it today that, there, that what area of my life do I need to grow in so I can become more like Jesus? And so uh, I think over time, it's kind of like dollar cost averaging money, right? Over time, <laughs> if, if we continue to invest the scripture, invest God's word in our heart, good things happen. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And and so tell me about how you um, went from being a leader in churches to ministry ventures. What, how, what brought that about? Yeah, you know, uh, somebody told me several years ago that our, our wife is like the Holy Spirit in the skirt. And <laughs> I, I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of truth and wisdom to that. And so we had four teenage girls at the time <laughs> at home, and I was traveling all over you know, and having a great time. And my wife, Rita, helped me understand that God designed the home to have a a dad there, you know, and a husband to help out and support. And so I, I was able to transition and start our own nonprofit. A friend of mine who was an investment banker, we did start Ministry Ventures. He put in the capital and I put in the sweat equity, but it allowed me to stay home and be more localized in ministry. And then over time, that ministry grew and had more of a, a, a national influence. But during that critical time, you know, my, my thinking is when the children are younger, they really need and desire their mom's nurturing. But as they get older, as teenagers, it's important for dad to step up and really provide that leadership around helping them navigate their freedom. And especially to 
not take advantage of their mom and to, you know, to, to love their mom well. And so, yeah, so it was, it was really a, a practical uh, decision because family, we believe, is really where ministry begins. And if we can do as best we can in our home to model Jesus, then, of course, we can export that into the workplace. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so what was so ministry ventures? Did I describe sort of what they were about, what you were about with that? It was a, it was really about yeah. consulting, coaching nonprofits. Correct. You know, back in the late <clears throat> 90s, uh, it was kind of cool to have incubators. Right. And then <laughs> right. the, dot, the yeah. dot com and the dot bomb and all that took place. Yeah. yeah. So we started out as an incubator and started about a dozen faith based ministries. Uh, but it was very capital intensive to try to scale that you know, across the country. Right, so we, right. we shifted more after four or five years to more of a coaching training model that allowed us to be more virtual. We could, we could, uh, you know, find coaches around the country and we put our content online It became, became more affordable and it became more scalable that way. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, I was served on a nonprofit that you guys did some work in and, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just desperately needed for nonprofits who are oftentimes, you know, volunteer led um, to actually run like a business and and put in some practices that um, can can actually um, expand the the platform. Um, and, and because of that, I am a little interested in your perspective on how we're called to use our for profit businesses or marketplace success to serve others. So, in other words, is do you think marketplace excellence and stewardship is incompatible? Not at all. And, you know, the term nonprofit and for-profit is really unfortunate because it's really just a tax designation. Mm-hmm. Um, the the great thing about capitalism, it's very efficient. You know, if if income doesn't exceed expenses over time, the the market says, you know, you're not you're not providing enough value. You go out of business. The challenge with a nonprofit is that you can kind of limp along and blame it on the Lord and say, well, you know. <laughs> we just don't have enough money or whatever and, and kind of, kind of, you know, not do the best, not be the best steward of the God's resources. And I, and I mentioned that to say that the cool opportunity with for-profit businesses is to me, it's just ministry within the culture of the business. It's like, um, you know, I want to serve you. I want to do what's best for the whole. I want to follow the example of Christ, with humility to defer to others and to be generous with our profits and to give back to the community. You know, it, you know, Jeff, I think it's unfortunate that there's this dichotomy of, you know, well, we, we, we go to church on Sunday and do our spiritual uh, routine and exercise. And then we just kind of go back to work during the week when most of our time is spent at work and God's given us this wonderful platform to love people where we are. Yeah. So it's really, it's really all the same. And in, in terms of stewardship. Yeah. So this show is really all about uh, money and meaning. I mean, we are, we're wealth managers and, and um, trying to help people create the clarity and confidence and the capacity to do what, you know, what God's called them to do. Um, and so we talk a lot about meaning, but do you mind sharing any perspective you might have on the role generosity plays in creating meaning or purpose or joy? I mean, those are things we talk about a lot these days. I think any, any, any insights on the role generosity can play? I have a very successful business friend, uh, banker friend who's in business in Kentucky. And he says the, the best remedy for greed is generosity. Mm. And, 
And I think the other cool thing about that is Jesus only mentioned one thing that's the number one competitor with our devotion to him. It's money. So to me, generosity is just a secret weapon to make sure we're staying focused on the Lord and keeping me from living a selfish life that we all know is probably the most unfulfilling life. So generosity selfishly (laughs) frees us up from selfishness and... And if we're helping others become generous, we're actually helping them to be blessed because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So that was part of our philosophy with fundraising. It's like, hey, you're not begging people for money. You're helping them to be blessed, you know. And and the other cool thing, too, and I love for Rachel to speak to this as well because she sees this every day. But maybe there's exceptions to this, but people who are generous, typically the ones I've known, are joyful people. They're fulfilled people. And. I don't know, Rachel. I mean, generosity, that's a, it's a, it's at the heart of God's heart, right? Absolutely. Yes. My mentor in this role here is the gift planning attorney. Greg Sperry uh, taught me from the very beginning that what we're doing here is stewardship evangelism. And it really is a gospel that we're sharing a generosity because like you said, Boyd, um, Jesus talks so much about money in the New Testament, and it does increase our joy. Um, it really is not only for the good of those that are in the receiving end, um, but for our spiritual growth and joy in our journey. Right, right. Well, you you have a tremendous platform at the National Christian Foundation, and I know a, a large part of that platform is the donor advised fund and uh, we're huge proponents of the donor advised fund um but a lot of our audience is not familiar with uh the national christian foundation so can you just tell us a a little bit about the history and mission and and what may be different about the national christian foundation and other charitable foundations yeah i'll give it a shot and i'd love for rachel to give her perspective as well And, and before and before i mention that jeff just just to tie a bow, one other thing about generosity. To me, writing the checks the easy, the easy part of generosity. It's when I'm generous with remembering to pray for somebody, or to take somebody food that has an illness, or to offer to, you know, use my time in a way. I, I can tend to be selfish with my, with my calendar and my time, and so I just wanted our audience to understand that generosity is much more than just the financial it's the time it's the listening well it's it's literally giving up very life and so yeah that kind of kind of tees up the birth of the national christian foundation about 37 years ago uh ron blue larry burkett and terry parker just felt led to create a vehicle or a structure where christians could not worry about if their gifts were going to kingdom-related organizations, or certainly not anti-Christian groups. And so uh, Terry, I don't know, 10 years into that, 37 years, really felt led to come on full-time, even though he actually had a federal judgeship Hmm. offer. He he turned it down, which was quite a testimony. And so the Donor Advised Fund then, uh, again, the government can be complicated in its tax structure, but the government's very generous to generous people. And the Donor Advised Fund is this vehicle where, in in some ways, it's like a nonprofit bank where we can park money, get the credit, the tax credit, the benefit, 
and then pray about it and, and really have a game plan around, you know, where to give those funds. Um, and so we tried to become an expert in that space. On the Rachel, how would you describe the National Christian Foundation? Well, I like to think back to when uh, the concept of a community foundation originated sometime in the 1930s, uh, where local communities would create foundations and give money and then decide as a group under the leadership of that local community foundation where to distribute the funds. And so what Terry and Ron and Larry did in 1982 was really take that concept to the community of Christians. Gotcha. And so it became a national endeavor as opposed to just a local endeavor, although we do focus on local efforts as well through our local affiliates around the country so that the community of Christians could come together and uh, speak uh, into each other's lives and encourage and distribute funds uh, for that Christian purpose to further the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right, right. Very, very, very neat. I, I um, you know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, there's capital that, that we can't control, um, you know, and I call it social capital sometimes because, you know, this is money that's either in the form of taxes that are going to be used um, for society in some way. But through normal taxes, I don't have a lot of control on how our legislatures or, uh, or, or the government chooses to spend that capital. So tell me a little bit about how NCF uses the fund to help people take control of their of their social capital and that they want to invest back into the kingdom or to to other things that are that are that are um more meaningful to them. Yeah, there's a, there's a strategy just to keep it at the 30,000 foot view where some of the givers that are involved with the National Christian Foundation, and not just in our our community, but other communities as well, they can take their dollars, their charitable dollars, and actually use it for social entrepreneurship. For example, in Atlanta, affordable housing is a huge need. And so we've got pockets around the city where some of our givers have said, you know, God's really laid on my heart that in the name of Christ, we want to be on point to provide the basic needs of a human being in the name of Jesus and be able to help them with their housing. And so there are these business models using uh, charitable dollars that either can be used as an investment to be paid back or that can be used on the front end as capital, capital to help build these structures so people can actually pay back or pay pay terms around this housing that they can afford. And so that's one example that we're trying to encourage charitable dollars that have a social impact. Uh, also, I've seen that internationally where um, we took some givers. We like to take field trips around here. So <laughs> uh, on occasion, we'll go to Honduras or we'll go to Nicaragua or some places where there's not a civil war going on. And and we'll be and, and we'll be able to shadow uh, literally business people that have been down there for decades, you know, building hydroelectric dams and creating jobs. But they're using charitable dollars. It's really cool, and they're and they're able to pay back the investors. So those are charitable dollars that keep giving. So it's yeah, well, that's uh, that, that's awesome. And the phrase impact investing, you have to be careful with that phrase because it's a loaded phrase. But we use it in terms around using these charitable dollars with a return on investment. I don't know, Rachel, yes. what else in that space? Anything else? 
No, I think you did a great job. Yeah, so it's about multiplication, essentially. You you invest to grow and continue to serve to serve more. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I'm a, I'm a user of the, of the NCF, um, platform, but, um, and I, one of the things I like about it is, um, I used to call it a poor man's foundation because it is a great way to, um, create a, a, a resource or a fund that you can communicate with your, with future generations about. So, you know, you can have a family meeting around where are we going to, where are we going to make the gifts and where are we going to direct the gifts as a family? And, and so it, it creates a conversation that can be multiple generations around giving and, and generosity. Do you see people do those kind of things? Is that a big, is that a big purpose for um, donor advised funds in general, but in the NCF product in particular? Yeah, that's a, I love that question because it gets to the heart of the matter. Uh, <clears throat> It's like most anything else in life, about 20% of our clients are, are interested in this approach. Uh, but that's still a lot of people that keeps us busy. It's job security. But, for example, we have a couple that's coming in with their four adult children next Tuesday after work. And a couple of our team members will be here. And we're sending them beforehand uh, a little assessment around their philosophy, their goals, kind of their passion areas for giving. And we're literally going to walk them through a giving strategy that they can craft uh, for generations. And and then we have the legal structure with the donor advised fund. We can actually put guidelines and guardrails around that fund based on what the family has collaborated around and decided, you know, they want to do. And so I don't know. I just think it's it's so exciting, uh, you know, any excuse to get your family together, right? And, <laughs> the, and the horror stories we've heard about how money has divided families, why not right. get on the front end, of the, front end of that, be preventative, and rally around generosity? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's really cool. I, I, um, so this might be more of a question for Rachel, but uh, has recent tax legislation affected the donor advised funds at all, or, uh, or is there anything in the in the works that uh, we should be be focusing on? Yeah, well, just to give a quick background. So even though the Donor Advised Fund has been around uh, for decades and NCF specifically has been here since 1982, it wasn't put into official law until 2006. And since 2010, when there were 184,000 donor advised funds, today there's over 728,000 donor advised funds. So uh, the growth has been exponential. And I would say, as with anything, uh, when there's a tax law change, you know, there are questions that arise and it takes a little time for the dust to settle. But now more than ever, uh, we're seeing the utility and growth of donor advised funds, um, probably due to two reasons. One that you alluded to earlier, Jeff, uh, with a private foundation versus a donor advised fund, many families are finding that uh, when they set up the private foundation, all of the needs and the charitable purposes that they had in mind can really uh, be used in a donor advised fund. And so we're seeing uh, some of that, but also we're seeing some uh, itemizers who, you know, used to be able to itemize uh, charitable contributions, use a donor advised fund to give more uh, effectively through bunching strategies. 
Yeah, that that's where we we use them a lot, and I know Mike, your your firm does as well. But we, you know, in the new tax law, where there are a lot of people that aren't itemizing that once that once were, uh, it does give you an opportunity to, um, you know, to to bunch up several years worth of charitable gifts into into one tax year in terms of the the deduction, um, and still make your normal pattern of giving. So it's an organization tool around. Um, being wise about the the years that the tax benefit would be would be most valuable. So I I would think that that would be a really really big enhancement to um, to people that that do charitable gifts that may not be getting a tax benefit today uh, because of not uh, being able to itemize. Um, so can you explain a little bit of how closely held businesses or someone with highly appreciated assets like real estate or securities uh, could use a fund to, to create some benefits? Absolutely. Yeah, that's my favorite part of working at NCF is helping people who want to give appreciated assets, such as closely held business interests or real estate, uh, where they have built-in capital gain, and maybe they're thinking about selling it. And so if they were to sell it, they would have to pay capital gain tax, which you know, it's usually around 20% uh, for the higher income folks, and then plus the net investment income tax, which is 3.8%. So right off the top, they're going to pay 23.8% in tax and then have to give the leftovers. And so what we're able to do through the donor advice fund platform is allow them to make a gift of that security or asset prior to reaching any binding agreement to sell. And then when we sell it, a lot of times there is no capital gain tax um, that's paid. And even if there is, uh, we're able to minimize it. So they get the full fair market value of that gift when they're taking their charitable income tax deduction. Charity gets a bigger portion and they get a bigger uh, tax break. Right. And and there's no requirement that they... um make the grant in that particular year. They could still use this for multiple year uh, generosity. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, so the beauty is you can, again, bunch the uh, tax benefit um, and then spread out the gift if that was your normal intention anyway. But again, if you're selling a business, you're going to have a potentially the largest taxable event you've ever had in your life. Um, this is a way to, to really, use the tax code to create um, leverage on the on uh, giving uh, significant gifts to to causes that mean something to you. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot and, and Mike have, and I've talked a lot about retirement planning and and how we uh, manage tax brackets. So I find the donor advice fund is a useful tool to, you know, to manage tax brackets on a year by year basis. Um, one of the things that always bothers me, though, is um, we do qual- what's called qualified charitable distribution. So we take IRA money and contribute it to charity, which is a top of the line deduction. Um, but unfortunately, you can't do qualified charitable distributions to donor advised funds. Um, do you guys know if that's the kind of thing that um, Congress may be debating or is that is there any ever any hope for that? Or do you know anything about that, Rachel? Is that? something you've heard anything about or is a possibility? I haven't heard any movement in that. Um, in 2015, that um, was made permanent. And so I think that for now into the foreseeable future, 
it is restricted to uh, certain types of charities, which donor advised funds are excluded. Right. However, we do offer an option for those who want to do a QCD uh, through something called a single charity fund. Hmm. And that allows uh, the giver to pick one or more charities and you know 100,000 is the limit for a QCD for an individual taxpayer for any given year and so they could choose maybe three charities you know $33,000 each that they're they know they're going to give to anyway um, maybe you know their church and two other favorite charities and then go ahead and designate those funds for those specific charities. Designation can't be changed later because that would run into the definition of uh, donor advised fund under the code, um, but they can still advise with regard to the timing of the distributions, just not the charitable recipient after the gift is finalized. Okay, so that's great. That's, that's something fantastic. I didn't even know existed. Yeah. So now, you, so you can do a qualified charitable just, um, a distribution from your IRA to one of these single charity funds and still control the ultimate beneficiary of the gift for future years like you can in a normal fund, you can just only, but you can only limit it to one charity. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, oh, that's really, that's really uh, interesting. I was not even aware that that was available. So that's a great, that's a great benefit. Uh, that's a terrific benefit. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's always a challenge having guests on that have so much life experience and knowledge. And uh, I would put both of you in that camp. Um, we just scratched the surface on just a couple of ideas around a generosity and donor advised funds and how, um, you know, being generous uh, can create meaning and purpose in your life. And uh, this show, again, is all about offering encouragement around those areas. Are there any other things you guys would like to talk about in terms of NCF or the Donor Advised Fund or what you guys are working on as an organization or individuals? Yeah, I'll just give three highlights. Two we've already touched on and one that we haven't mentioned. <clears throat> the first one is just to reiterate, Rachel touched on this, uh, for your listeners, just make sure to call us before you sell, before you have this binding contract. Um, probably once a month, I have someone call me and they've already sold their business <laughs> and, they're, and they're wanting the benefit of, you know, if they would have donated before they sold. So there right. is a big difference. They can still receive the deduction afterwards, but it's a big difference in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. So call, call us before you sell is number one. Number two, something we have not mentioned, we have this cool discipleship experience for 24 hours is called a journey of generosity for about 15 people. We have them all over the country. I think last year we had over 300 of these and there's no cost. We don't charge for them. The McClellan foundation helps us and we partner with generous giving. And so it's a great experience for people who are already generous where you watch videos of other people's stories. You get to meet some cool people that are peers and you have a Bible study around generosity. So that's called a journey of generosity. Uh, we have information on our website, plus on the Generous Giving website. And then lastly, uh, and we talked about this a little bit, and again, we don't charge for any of these services. The only time we charge, we're a nonprofit, so the only time we charge is if there's an actual transaction, a business sale, et cetera. So right. this, this last idea, let us help you with drafting your giving strategy. So uh, maybe start out as a couple and get 
getting on the same page together as a husband and wife on your philanthropic goals, your passions, philosophy, et cetera, and then engage your adult children or even even your children that are still at home at whatever level would make sense. Some of our families even open donor advised funds for the children so they can go ahead and begin to start um, enjoying and learning about generosity. So th- those are the three things I would say. I don't know, Rachel, what else would you mention? I like what you said there about timing, Boyd. I actually had a phone call earlier today with a gentleman who said, well, I don't know for sure. I'm not sure if it's going to sell. I don't know if I want to give it. I don't want to waste your time. And I said, you're never going to waste our time. We would rather come alongside you in the journey and be a part of it uh, rather than wait until it's too late. And, And so through that process of talking not just through the possibility of giving non-liquid assets, but like Boyd, you alluded to really talking through a generosity strategy because, you know, it's easy to write a check, but not always easy to um, decide where those funds are going to go and how they can be used. So we're here uh, for every part of that journey uh, we can walk alongside. That's terrific. Well, thank thank you so much. It, it really it was great having you on today. And so what's the best place for the audience to go to learn about the National Christian Foundation uh, or where they can find you on other resources like social media? Yeah, I have to brag on our marketing team. You know, some websites can be clunky and not intuitive, but if you go to ncfgiving.com, it's just full of all these videos and, you know, uh, all of our investment pools are listed and kind of the most recent returns, because that's, that's another great benefit. You can actually invest your dollars as you're waiting to give it away. We have sure. invest, yeah. investment pool options. Uh, there's stories of people and their giving strategies, et cetera. So ncfgiving.com is a great place. I think we do have Facebook and some things that we're, we're working social media. We're starting to get off the ground with social media. But <laughs> start with the website. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, that's uh, perfect. Keep it simple. great spot. That's perfect. Keep it simple. Well, I, I appreciate it so much, guys. Uh, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate uh, the time and look forward to continuing to collaborate with uh, with you both. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. So there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. We hope you found today's discussion helpful. And if you, if you did, be sure you check out the Money and Meaning Show on iTunes. And if you like the content, rate the show. We really appreciate that. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget, check out past episodes as well as Jeff's blog at www.tandemgrowth.com forward slash perspectives. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at tandemgrowth.com, or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. 
Listeners should not rely on the contents of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.